Today's episode of the CDS Mac Podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Roll Recovery. I'm back on my podcasting grind. I'm back on my running grind after 16-minute PR at the Berlin Marathon. But, you know, I'm just a couple weeks away from the New York City Marathon where I'll be pacing a high school friend of mine in what will probably be his first and last marathon. So getting to the starting line is going to be really important, and I've been using some Roll Recovery products to make it happen. And here's why I think you should be using them, too. A couple years back, runner Jeremy Nelson came up with the idea for the now famous rollers, and he really compiled some important factors into one product. The first was get the force of a massage into a roller. You've got all these other rollers out there that are pretty boring. This one gets in there nice and deep and has a very interesting feel to it. Number two, fits all body sizes and hits key muscle groups. Point number three, you know, it has a flushing effect that moves blood, tissue, and waste products to all the needed spots in the body. Number four, I think, is one of the most important ones. Make it portable. Mine I brought with me to Berlin, so it's been around the world with me. It's very easy to carry. You combine all these factors, and you get the rollers that are now popular with runners, cyclists, and endurance athletes of all levels. Personally, I'm a big fan of the R8. You know, I use it after my workouts. Sometimes I find myself using it right before I go to bed. I use the R3 on my foot when I'm typing away on a story or something at my desk. So I really recommend those. Check them out today, rollrecovery.com. Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Roll Recovery. My guest for today's show is a film director. We're switching it up a little bit here. Sarah Cotton, the former Georgetown distance runner turned filmmaker. And we talk especially about her new project, 183.4, just came out, episode one. And it follows the NAZ elite training group that we've been talking to from Flagstaff over the past couple of weeks as they gear up for the fall marathon cycle. So episode one was very interesting. Episode two, we'll have footage from the Chicago marathon. It's all coming together very nicely. So without further ado... Let's start the show. All right, now we welcome on to the City of Snack podcast, Sarah Cotton, who might not be all too familiar of a name within the running scene for... I guess, running exploits, but you are doing something pretty big right now. She is the director and holds many hats with the production of 183.4. I finally got that right because I feel like there's always a six in there, given that that's part of the actual marathon distance, but finally got it right. So Sarah, one, the first episode came out. It's awesome. Uh, So let us be the first to congratulate you on the Academy Award nomination. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. So what's been the general reception to the film? Um, It's been great. I mean, I honestly don't have too much experience putting putting films out into the world, so it, uh, it's been nice to get a lot of positive reactions to it. Um, I think just the fact that the NAZ team is a pretty easy – easy you know they're they're easy to like so um i think it's it's a good combination of that and i hope that i put some good work out there so yeah it's been i've gotten some good good feedback for sure so for the people who haven't watched the episode yet it focuses on nac's lead up to the fall marathons uh this this year what made you kind of decide on that group and just, I guess, the general idea of, you know, producing a documentary series on, you know, a professional running training group? Because to 
maybe the casual viewer, someone who just watches like general sports like the NBA or the NFL, <laughs> like it's really hard to tell a story about people about professional runners. So did you go into this thinking like I'm going to make this documentary for uh you know the the running crowd and the running nerds or is this something that you know because it's it tells a story of the process of what these pros are putting into it that it, it could be something that also appeals to a general sports fan or just you know regular people who like cool documentaries yeah no i didn't necessarily intend it to be for you know your typical like running nerd or somebody who is only interested in watching it because they know the athletes or they know you know times and stuff like that um but yeah, I kind of I think I have a heavier interest in like the personal side of sports and of running and probably life in general. Um so that's kind of, you know, the part of it that appeals to me. Um and yeah, I knew that I, you know, so I graduated from Georgetown in in May. Um I knew I was going to move out to Flagstaff. Um and I knew that, you know, filmmaking and kind of you know, the creative arts were something that I wanted to pursue. Um, so I just kind of started thinking about, you know, what would be interesting to me. And I think I'm I'm lucky that the place that I live in is such a big running hub. Um, and you've got, you know, so many runners coming in and out of here. But I, I was kind of familiar with the NAZ team already just because I had come out here for like summers and winters um, while I was still in college. So I kind of knew a little background on them, um, and I knew that as a professional team, they had kind of a lot of a lot of different characters um, on the team. And I, again, that's kind of what appeals to me. So yeah, I thought I thought it would be an interesting thing to share with the public. What do you think of the scene right now of running documentaries and like I guess movies? Because it's there's two extremes to it. It's either sometimes for you know the the junkies, or it's you know over the top and very Disneyfied, like something like McFarland <laughs> USA. So, right, is this is are you trying to do something completely? It's something totally new and different, or, or have there been other running documentaries that you've seen along the way where you're like, oh, that was super interesting? Because I feel like the the trail community and like the ultra community, they have some documentaries that I guess sometimes tell the stories of individuals a lot better than than others yeah it's kind of funny you asked that i actually went to a film screening for like trail specific documentaries in flagstaff the other day um and was just kind of noticing you know what appealed to me the most and i think what did appeal to me the most was you know there were some amazing shots and footage of like these runners just doing ridiculous things out in like alaska and stuff um that were really cool to watch but they didn't necessarily like catch my attention um and i think yeah so i think i kind of got the idea that i wanted to create something that was again more personal and i think i had seen i'd seen a couple like i remember watching one on gabe recently that really kind of you know it it like strikes you because it's it's really personal and you can relate to it on another level than just the running and the time um so yeah i definitely went into it thinking that i wanted to make it more of like a personal thing rather than just like here are some really fast runners like watch what they do so what is it that you carry around to make these make this documentary happen because when i do watch some of these videos of someone like jim walmsley running through the grand canyon it's like there's got to be maybe 
two or three different cameras along the way. You've got to have the really cool drone footage. What are you working with? Yeah, so it uh it's been, you know, it's been pretty hard. Um I've been doing it pretty much completely on my own, which I think when I first got into it, I didn't realize how difficult that would be. Um I've had some help from people here and there, but for the most part, I'm out there doing it on my own, so I've pretty much just got um one camera that, you know, takes photos and does video and it's it's a pretty high quality camera, so that helps, but um other than that, it's not like I'm I'm out there with like a crew every day or anything like that. I've got, you know, I've got like a gimbal, which is helpful um, just for like steady shots and stuff. And I do have a drone, which is, you know, pretty some really cool footage. But yeah, I don't, I think I've, yeah, I've seen like some of the stuff that other videographers and stuff have. And it's just, first of all, I can't afford it right now. Um, <laughs> and second of all, I just, I don't have, you know, the personnel to be following me around with that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a, I think it's definitely, it shows that, like, I don't have, you know, a ton of money to put into this or anything, but I think hopefully the, what I'm going for is, you know, people respect that, and yeah. We'll get the Kickstarter going, don't worry, and then we'll get you all the best camera footage, I'm sure. The, the, <laughs> the city's followers are pretty loyal. I think they'll, they might be able to throw a couple couple dollars here or there. Um, yeah, we could uh, start a GoFundMe or something. <laughs> right. Uh, so then once the filming is done, what's the editing process like, I guess, for, for you? And I guess, like, how familiar have you been with, I guess, Final Cut or whatever it is that you're using? Because sometimes I feel like I was making, like, short little funny videos in college, but I, <laughs> to p- produce, like, a 40-minute, hour-long, like, documentary, it's got to be something that's a little tougher than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's honestly, it's insane. Like I've spent just, I can't even tell you how many hours editing the film. Um, but, and it's, it's kind of crazy too, cause you end up using probably like five to 10% of what you actually shoot. Um, and the time that goes into like finding exactly the right footage and stuff is just, it's, yeah, it's incredibly time consuming. Um, but yeah, I use Premiere actually, which I've found to be, you know, it's kind of the easiest for me and it, it's got a lot of a lot of good stuff going on in there that you can really kind of make it exactly how you want it to look. Um so yeah, it's I've spent a lot of days pretty much just like holed up either like in my apartment or in a coffee shop just like only editing. Um and yeah, I mean, I do, I spend a lot of time obviously with the group and like filming them and stuff, but it's, the editing is definitely the most time consuming part. And I do, I think there's a little bit of a learning curve, um, cause I was using Final Cut before and then switched to Premiere just cause I thought it had some more capabilities. Um, so I've definitely, some of the time that I've spent has just been like learning exactly how to use it. So the way that the documentary is, in the work so far it's it's been a lot of training now we're going to get to some actual racing what is i guess like the timeline for is it three or four parts now uh it'll be three yeah so what's i guess like the breakdown in the timeline that you envisioned when you when you first kind of outlined what it want you wanted it to look like at the end yeah so when i first kind of outlined it i first of all expected the uh videos to be a lot shorter um <laughs> this one ended up being like 45 minutes which is not really what I was going for, but there just wasn't really anything that I was willing to cut out. Um, I think the next two will be quite a bit shorter, but 
Yeah. So I originally planned on having the first two out before Chicago. Um, and now it looks like, and then the last one was going to be after all the marathons were over. So after New York. Um, but now it looks like the first one already came out. And then I think the second one will be in between Chicago and Frankfurt. Um, and then the last one will be after New York. So Frankfurt and New York are really close together. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of the footage in the last one will be of those two races. Um, and in the second one, I'll definitely have some of Aaron, um, while he's at Chicago. Of the group, uh, what has been the, the most surprising thing about getting to know these people as characters? And I guess you, you, you said you've spent time with them beforehand, but what's really been the most in- interesting thing you've seen stand out to you about uh, the way that they're prepping and I guess just the mentality that they have as athletes because it, it's something different to hang out with them maybe at a coffee shop or go on a run once or twice. But to see this process, you know, day in and day out, I'm sure you've picked up on a couple things that you're like, wow, I didn't, I didn't think that that was what these pros are doing. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. I mean, like you said, I had spent some time with them, so there weren't any like massive surprises, but I don't know. I'd say like, honestly, the thing that surprised me the most was probably like the camaraderie within team. Um, I just, you know, I know from like running on a college team and stuff that, it's really, really difficult to have, like, a really good team culture where everyone, you know, genuinely cares about what everyone is doing. Um, and I've found that all of these athletes just, like, they, you know, they care about their teammates' race just as much as their own. Um, so that's been really, really cool to watch. And, like, when they're, you know, when they're doing workouts and stuff, like, they're not just focused on their own workout and how it goes. And if they're having a bad day or something like, you know, they, they have a teammate that's doing really incredible things out there that they seem incredibly focused on. Um, so that's been, that's been definitely really cool to watch, especially for post-collegiates because they don't, you know, they're not living in like dorm rooms together and stuff like you are in college or like you're not in a house with six of your teammates. They all like really have their own, their own things going on in their own lives. Um, so it is really, really fun to watch them like come together as a team when it, when it matters and when they are focused on training and stuff. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I think, I don't know, just getting to know them more as people and like seeing kind of why everyone runs, like they definitely, you can tell there's obviously there's a reason for it for everyone and it's, it's very different for everyone. So it's, it's been fun kind of figuring that kind of stuff out. You're seeing them at their worst, too. I mean, just sometimes, like, in these workouts, these long runs, these depletion runs where it just looks so painful. Like, how do, <laughs> at, at what point do you feel for them and, and you are you have your camera in your hand and you're just like, wow, like, <laughs> maybe I should do something, but I don't want to put this camera <laughs> Yeah, it um, it's kind of been, it's been interesting, like, watching everything from behind a lens because, again, like, running in college and stuff, you see people – like really kind of pouring their guts out out there um and you're you're like kind of a part of it so it's been interesting to be like an outsider kind of watching it all happen um but yeah i think you know they're they're definitely they're working so hard but it's also really cool to see like they just have they have so much experience and they're so composed while they're doing it um so you know they like they go out on Lake Mary and crush these like 16 mile steady states or like depletion runs 
that are up to like I think they've done like up to 24 miles or something and it's just it's yeah it's pretty unbelievable and it but you know I mean Ben is also an incredibly smart coach and he's not going to give them something that they can't do um and I think they know that to a certain degree so they they go out there and definitely handle everything with a ton of composure where do you find the time to run cuz you yourself I guess you ran what was it a 50 mile race earlier earlier in the year and uh, 50k that? 50k yeah so you yeah. ran that at you, that means you're probably still training at a somewhat like good level uh where do you find the time to run and i'm guessing it's got to work wonders for you to just be able to put away the cameras the laptops everything just to you know just run for a couple minutes and not have to worry about anything else yeah it um it's it's that's been a really interesting balance too um i mean i ran yeah, I ran that 50K, I think it was in July, so it was kind of before any of this really started up. And, you know, I mean, running running takes a lot of emotional energy, um, especially when you're when you're training for, you know, kind of like ultra ultra distances and you have to have a lot of time on feet and stuff. Um, you're just out there for a lot of hours. So, yeah, it's it's honestly like the past couple months it's really kind of it's been on the back burner. Um I, yeah, I I wish that I could have more time to get out there and run, and I definitely plan to. Um, I mean, I think I think once once this is over and once I finish it, I'll definitely kind of turn my attention back to training, um, just because I have I have definitely missed it, and I do I do intend to like really take a dive into the trail running scene. Um, so yeah, it's I think. I mean, I I plan to keep doing this kind of work in the future, so I think it'll be, it'll it'll definitely be you know a matter of learning how to balance the two and how to how to kind of get the best out of myself in both worlds. But um, yeah, right now this has definitely been my focus. So you say you want to stick to you know the trails and those longer distances. That's something that's like not really too heard of, especially I mean you won a 50k race. And you just graduated, so it's like it, you don't hear of those those instances too often where it's like, okay, the person just graduated from from after running in college, and then all of a sudden that they're winning these these longer distance races. Uh, what's that gets like that process like, and 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 the hope like, what is the race you kind of want to take down or accomplish? Because there's so many of these ultras and and trail ones that just sound so tough. And regardless of which one you pick, it'll probably be really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I guess, I don't know, my, my choice to kind of start doing that kind of stuff was, I don't know, I've always, I've always definitely enjoyed, like, even training in college and stuff, like, doing long runs and long workouts were always kind of, kind of my bread and butter. And I got injured a lot in college, and I think it was just a matter of, like, the intensity of the training, not necessarily the volume of it. Um, so I think just for my own, my own sanity and stuff, I know that doing kind of the longer, more steady races and running in general is just better for my body. Um, and yeah, I think I was just, when I went into that 50k, like I definitely was not very prepared for it. Um, <laughs> my friend just kind of like convinced me to go out and do it with her. So when I uh, when I ended up you know winning and like setting a course record and stuff that was pretty exciting um, and I think it just kind of reaffirmed like yeah you're probably a little more meant to do this than go out and run like a 1500 on track um, and it just I I really do enjoy it and it's 
you know, Flagstaff is, you can't really beat it in terms of training for that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, going into 2018, there's definitely, there's definitely quite a few races that I have in mind. Um, probably won't, you know, do anything crazy, like try to jump to a hundred miles or anything like that, um, in the next year or so, but why not, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it just probably wouldn't be that smart for me. Um, I think I, I'm sure I could do it, but yeah, I don't know if it would be the, the smartest decision just because I don't, I don't really have the base for that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty exciting scene. I mean, like you said, not a lot of people decide to jump right into that after college. Um, and I think I just kind of stumbled into it and I'm, I'm really happy that I did because it is cool. Like I think, you're seeing more and more young people get out on the trails um, and race these longer distances. And it's kind of exciting because, you know, I mean, you see, you see these people that you were maybe even familiar with in college and you're like, Oh, like I could, I, I still want to race them. And like, I still think I could beat that person or something. And it's cool. Cause it's not just like an, an older scene anymore of like these runners who have kind of not necessarily retired, but like, found themselves on the trails after after doing the roads and after really going for it on the track and stuff so yeah it's pretty exciting that it's kind of becoming like this this younger scene yeah so if you had an intense rivalry with someone in college and you always thought like oh i was always just 100 meters short or you know 10 meters short of beating them well now you've got like 25 miles to catch them or something (laughs) exactly and i mean the the speed and the kick were never necessarily my forte so i've got a i've got a bit more confidence going into these kind of things uh so the podcast the last month and we're still doing a couple episodes have been sponsored by roll recovery for someone you're probably i I think you're the first guest who's like an ultra uh or trail or uh yeah in that community so for you give us your three recovery tips brought to you by roll recovery Oh man. So do these, are these like role recovery specific or just in general? Let's do, give me your favorite role recovery product. And then after that, just give me uh, two other tips on what, what do you like to do, I guess, to recover and you would suggest other people try. Okay. Um, I'd say my favorite role recovery product is probably the R3, the little foot roller. Um, yeah, I, I don't pay much attention to my feet, but they're definitely a problem so those are that's a good thing to have just kind of laying around and just kind of you know roll your foot on it whenever you feel like it um i'd say other than that sleeping is huge especially being at you know training at seven thousand feet um you really can't sleep enough um and i guess just listening to your body like if anything if you feel anything weird going on like it's probably a sign and and you should respect it gotcha um <laughs> Those are pretty good tips. I think everyone's harped on sleep as the number one thing. And I remember while I was in, Fla- in Flagstaff for like those 10 days, it was weird to me. Well, one, it was like the time change too, but I was going to bed at like 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock. And so was everyone else. And I was like, this is this is weird. <laughs> yeah, but it feels great. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's move into a couple of rapid fire questions. What is okay. the funniest thing that was left on the cutting room for, floor for episode one? Oh man, funniest thing that was left on the cutting room floor. Um, <laughs> so I kind of started making this little like blooper reel 
Um, but then I realized that it was, that was even taking up too much time. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I should probably focus on the actual film. Um, but yeah, I think like in their interviews, just a lot of really funny scenes of, you know, them, you really see their true personalities. And so a lot of that, unfortunately, was left on the floor. But hopefully I'll uh, finish that blooper reel at the end of all this. How much puke has been uh, spewed throughout uh, the process of making the film? <laughs> I have seen absolutely no puke. Wow, that's surprising. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty impressive. But, you know, like I said, they've they've got it pretty dialed in. So hopefully uh, maybe after one of the races or something, but nothing yet. Scariest moment with a drone, I guess. Like, have you almost lost one, or, or like, what's what's been like the the moment where you got nervous that you might not see yeah. a drone ever again? Um, so I should probably share this footage with you because it's hilarious. But so this has nothing to do with the film that I'm making right now. But I was trying to film. So there's this road in Flagstaff called Snowball, and it's basically just like seven miles up a mountain, um, and a lot of people bike up it. And so Steven, my boyfriend, was going to ride it one night. So I decided that it could be cool to try to get footage <laughs> of that on the drone. Um, and Paul and Jean, um, you know, yours truly, they came with me and decided. So we decided we were going to drive my car. And I have a Jeep Wrangler, so we took the top off. And I was going to try to use the drone, like, from my car um, and basically drive along with it. And it like it yeah that doesn't work you you can't do that um <laughs> so it and it gets really confused too when you're like going uphill with it cuz it doesn't realize that the ground below it is is moving um or is like gaining incline so basically long story short it just ended up like running straight into a tree um Oof. and the footage is really hilarious cuz it was still going and then you know you just see it like crash <laughs> um, but luckily we kind of pulled up next to it and climbed on top of my car and ended up getting it, getting it out of the tree. But yeah, that was pretty terrifying. Um, what other, I guess, topics or like subjects would you like to do a documentary about? Cause I mean, you're so focused on getting this one done. Has a thought creeped up yet about what you might want to do next? Because it seems like someone like Alexi Pappas has worked on, I guess, two films now. The first one was, uh, not related about running whatsoever. Then the second one was that track time movie. And the third one, which I don't think she's said anything about, I, it probably won't be about running. So it, it seems like she likes to like diversify everything. Do you kind of want to stick to, you know, doing things within running and, and the trail and ultra community, or uh, do you think you can try something totally different? Yeah. I mean, I'd say like right now, just kind of while I am still so engrossed in the running scene myself, um, like that's definitely what I'm interested in right now. And, you know, I think for the sake of how the film turns out and, you know, my passion in it, which I think is really important when you're putting so much time into something, I'll probably stick to just kind of like what I'm interested in at the moment. Um, so yeah, I mean, right now it happens to be running. So I would, I'd probably see that continuing for, for the foreseeable future, or at least kind of, you know, endurance sports in general. All right. These are going to be a little off the wall because I haven't even given too much thought to it, but it just popped into my head. If you had to cast people to be the NAZ group, who would play who? Like what famous actor would play who? Like who would play Scott Fobble? Who would play Matt Yano? Um, And that sort of thing. 
Because I'm trying to oh think my now. Gosh, I'm trying to this think. Is so difficult. Okay, mm, hold on. Like so it. Stephen just got home, and I'm gonna ask him about this because <laughs> I feel like he would do a better job. Okay, what actors do you think would cast the NAZ crew? Okay, I'm ready. All right, go. Scott Smith is Owen Wilson. All right, Scott Smith is Owen Wilson. I, I see that. Nanjiano <laughs> is. I'm going to talk to that. Bobble, wait, hold on. <laughs> Steph Rothstein is Maggie Gyllenhaal. Steph is Maggie Gyllenhaal. I can see that. Kellen is Charlie Theron. <laughs> Kellen is Charlie Theron. <laughs> Aaron Braun is. Um, let's go with like a young Michael Keaton. All right, Aaron Don <laughs> is a young Michael Keaton. <laughs> um, Bobble would be Bobble would be like a very young um, um, Ron Howard. Do you hear that? Bobble <laughs> is very young Ron Howard. <laughs> I think that's very spot on. <laughs> who else we got? Uh, we got Ben Bruce. Oh, Ben Bruce. Ben Bruce. Is Michael Fassbender? Ben Bruce is Michael Fa. I don't know who that is, but there you go. I think that's all of them, right? Yeah, I think that's all of them. Wow. Okay. That's nice. Spot on. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the last two questions we ask all our guests. So the first one is: if you could go on a run anywhere in the world with anyone from history, who would it be, and where would this run be? And assume that they could like hold a conversational pace for say, like, a long run with you, and you can just talk about anything in the world. Oh, my God. This is so difficult. Um, God, help me out. Oh, my God. Can we come back to this? Give me the next one. All right. So the last one that we usually do is you get 25 shots, basketball shots from half court. If you make one, you win $25 million. If you make none, you go to jail for 25 years. Do you attempt the shot? Okay. Um... Oh my God, no! I have terrible aim. Yeah, it's the the right answer. I don't think. Yeah, I haven't asked. Stephen hasn't come on the podcast for his own episode yet, so we'll save his answer for another time. Paul has said no, um, but then there's has like, anyone said yes? A lot of people have said yes. Like like no Molly. Way. Yeah, like Molly Hoddle has said yes. Nick Simmons has said yes. Um, oh my God. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I don't I think they realize how that's... bad jail is. Yeah, or maybe that just says something about why they're so good at running in some way. Who knows? Yeah. So let's go back to the other one. Uh, okay. Who would it be and where would this oh, run take place? Who would it be? Okay. Um, uh, da, da, da. Oh, man. Um, okay. I'm going to give you kind of a, a cliche answer here. But Don't say C. Prefontaine. <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to say anything like that. Um, <laughs> I'd say. Probably somewhere on one of my favorite trails in Flagstaff, just because I think it's an incredibly amazing place to train. Um, And it's just, it's really got a piece of my heart. And I'd say probably with my grandfather, who passed away somewhat recently, and he was was a pretty good runner himself, and I just imagine that he would love it out here. So yeah, that's, that's, I think that's what I would do. That's a pretty good answer. It's not the yeah. – I think the first one we ever got was, like, Robbie Andrews had, like, Steve Prefontaine, and I was like, that's such a <laughs> – that's, like, the lowest hanging fruit, and you took it. <laughs> oh, classic Robbie. Yeah. Classic mistake. <laughs> All right, Sarah. So, episode two, when when do you think we could expect that to drop? Um, let's not set let's a hard see. deadline for you, but generally. Hold on. Let me, 
let me pull up a calendar here. Um, well, let's see. I could probably do this in my head. So Frankfurt is, I think, the 29th, um, and Chicago is this week. I'd say somewhere between, like, the 13th and 27th of October. Okay, cool. So we'll yep. be on the lookout for that. Where can people – well, we'll post the episodes on Sidious, but where can people follow the uh, – the the film um well i've got my own youtube account which is where i put the first one um Mm -hmm. so if you just you know google sarah cotton youtube you'll probably find it um but yeah i mean i've been posting about it on instagram and stuff but it kind of lives on youtube and it's kind of linked to a bunch of different places from there awesome all right and people can follow it on instagram too right it's at one I'm going to get it wrong. 83.4, yeah. Just yep. spelled out. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I, I'm surprised you got that many characters in that in that Instagram. Handle. I know. Yeah, me too. It worked out, it worked out well. <laughs> All right, Sarah. Thanks a lot uh, for taking the time, and we'll be looking forward to episode two and three when those drop. Yeah, thank you. Looking forward to it as well. That interview was brought to you by Roll Recovery. Be sure to check out their products at rollrecovery.com. Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Roll Recovery. It's cross-country season. It's marathon season. You know, all this hill work, this mileage takes its toll. So take care of that body. Get yourself some Roll Recovery products, and you'll be able to get to the starting line healthy and in one piece. Crush it. Do it all over again. So check them out, rollrecovery.com. That does it for this week's episode. I think I'll be reaching out to Aaron Braun pretty soon to get him uh, on the show to talk about Chicago Marathon and how he ran 213 there. Took the lead for a good amount of it. Uh, so very strong run by him. Scott Smith could be a fun interview. One of the last uh, NAZ guys that we haven't done yet. And he's got uh, Frankfurt coming up very soon. And uh, then we'll get to the ladies from NAZ Elite. Before that, we'll probably try and get Becky Wade on for a mini episode to, de- to get her thoughts on her 235 for 10th place made the city's mag staff pretty happy with 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 that it was awesome very hard fought and uh yeah stay tuned for some news we're going to try and do a live podcast taping during new york city marathon week and that'll be fun so if you're in the new york city area let's let's meet up and uh yeah so subscribe on itunes leave a five-star review take your friend's phone subscribe on itunes leave a five-star review and i'll catch you next week I've been your host, Chris Chavez, wishing you happy and healthy running.